0: Hi there, I'm Lisa Kapala, welcome to Where's Wilmington. You know, a lot of times in life, I think we avoid topics that might be sensitive or uncomfortable until it's really time to do something. So today's show is a little bit sensitive in nature, but I think it's an important topic. We're going to be talking about organ donation. So before you run away, let's get some really good information and educate ourselves so that if the time should come, we'll be ready and prepared. So with me today, I have Steve Averhart right here. Hello, Greetings. Steve. He is from the New England Donor Services Organization, and he is in charge of community and family services. And next to him is Mike Murphy. He is a Wilmington resident and former fire chief of the town, retired from fire service for the town. So thank you for helping the town when you were here. Um, I guess, Mike, you were the one who actually reached out to me to talk about this topic. Can you tell us why organ donation is such an important issue for you and to you?
1: Well, it's... uh uh, let me just start. I, I was Fire Chief in Wayland. I was All right. Fire Chief here in Willington, All right. Although I wish I could have been. But uh, but uh, thanks, and uh, I think it's uh, important. I'm a volunteer for our New England uh, Donor Services, and the reason uh, I'm a volunteer there, uh, I, uh, basically I'm both a donor and a recipient of uh, kidney. And uh, the most recent, of course, I received the uh, kidney about two years ago. And in essence, it saved my life. Right. And uh, this is part of my payback. I want to talk about the need for kidney donation and how important it is.
0: OK. Now, you have the honor, I guess we should say, of being both a recipient and a donor. Which came first? Did you donate first or were you a recipient first?
1: Okay. I um, Donated uh, about uh, 41 or 42 years ago uh, to my sister. Uh, My sister was one of the first nurse practitioners in uh, Massachusetts, and uh, somewhere in the course of her work, she unfortunately got a virus from somebody, and uh, it got into her kidneys and uh, caused the uh, Kidneys to fail. Right. And uh, uh, she's my sister, and.
0: And you were a match, luckily.
1: Fortunately, a match, a four for four, what they call a four for four. Okay. Yep. And so we were one of the first sibling to sibling live donors in uh, New England. Uh, Forty years later, uh, somewhere between. Uh, I spent 15 years as a firefighter and uh, 13 years as a fire chief, another 10 years working for the uh, Federal Emergency Management Agency. Somewhere along that uh, route, I came down with a virus that also got into my uh, kidney. And uh, of course, I had a single kidney, but it would not have mattered whether I had one or two. The virus would have. Caused both to deteriorate and finally caused me to have a uh, kidney transplant. So um,
0: so you were lucky enough to find a match for yourself at that point. Yes. Isn't that interesting? So 41 years ago, the process must have been very different than it is now. Hopefully, we've made some major advancements. Oh,
1: yes, tremendously different. Uh, the uh, anti-rejection drugs completely different. They're a lot easier on the, the uh, person that has to take them. Uh, the process uh, of the uh, donation at that time was probably worse on a donor than it was on a recipient. Right. Nowadays it's kind of the opposite
0: way. Right, because I have heard, especially with kidneys, you have to kind of go in through the body in a convoluted way to get it out, and the recipient, they just kind of Open it up and put it in there. Of course, I'm making that sound a lot mm-hmm. smaller of a process yeah. than it is, but I'm glad we've made some good advancements in the oh, years since you It's a big difference. The, uh, the
1: scar I have from the donation uh, is probably about 14, 15 inches extending from my front to my back. Wow. The scar I got from the, the kidney recipient is probably 4 inches
0: at most. Wow. Big difference. And you can't even notice it. That's wonderful. And I'm so glad you're here to tell us about all this. Now, Steve, you uh, work with the community and family services piece. Can you tell us a little bit about how someone registers and what that process is like? And how do we make the decision that that's right for us?
2: Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, the family services coordinator position is one that entails uh, individuals. I'm not in charge of it. There's a a group of us and uh, we go out to hospitals when uh, a patient has been declared brain dead, which is death or when a family uh, comes to the hospital, sees their loved one on a ventilator, and realizes that he or she would not want to live that way and decide for CMO, which is comfort measures only. Uh, At that point in time, we have a conversation with the family to talk about the significance and transcendence of organ and tissue donation and see if they're amenable or, it could be that their loved one is registered as a donor and we get them to a point to honor their loved one's wishes. Okay. The community outreach piece is us being out in the community as a grassroot effort uh, to get the word out about the importance of at least uh, keeping an open mind when it comes to saving a life of another. Right. And in order to register, it's fairly simple. You can go to www.registerme.org. It takes about 60 seconds to uh, register as an organ and tissue donor.
0: Okay, and you have to be 21? register
2: no not out here in new england uh, i've seen individuals 17 years old 16 years old who uh, have made that conscious and heroic decision uh, to save the lives of others oftentimes when one is going to get their license or state id for the first time or when they're up for renewal uh, the dmvs out here and throughout the nation are asking you do you want to be a registered organ donor and if you say yes they check the box And depending on what state you live in here in Massachusetts, there's a little heart uh, that goes on your card, uh, which indicates that you have made that decision.
0: Okay. So what if I'm not healthy at this time, but I think that I want to become an organ donor, but I think maybe I'm not healthy enough? Can I still register?
2: You can absolutely still register. Uh, There are several comorbidities that may affect individual organs but one can typically always be uh, an organ donor, believe it or not, and you can donate up to 85 years old uh, when it comes to Mm. liver.
0: Okay, and what parts of the body are donatable, if you will, at this point? Quite a few.
2: Quite a few, Uh, obviously heart, lungs, uh, liver, pancreas, intestine in some instances, kidneys of course. Uh, We also have the gift of tissue. Uh, Tissue is more life enhancing, but it can touch up to 75 lives in some instances. Uh, That would be the gift of corneas, uh, which would provide the gift of sight to two separate individuals, the gift of skin for burn victims, the gift of bone for individuals who suffered some sort of catastrophic motor vehicle accident or uh, have suffered from some sort of bone cancer and are in need of a graft uh, in order for them to hold on to their limbs. And there are various other tissues uh, that can enhance the life of others.
0: Okay. So if we're having this difficult conversation with our family and we're saying we're ready to make this choice, how do we walk our family through what that means for them?
2: Well, I think there's a lot of misconceptions and myths when it comes to organ donation. Yes. And uh, the fact of the matter is, uh, there's the amount of people who are in need can fit into Fenway Angeles Stadium. There's over 115,000 individuals here in the US alone who are in need. Uh, so having that conversation is one, realizing that only 2% of all, all people who pass away are even eligible to donate organs. So that's where the shortage comes in at. And so I think a lot of individuals feel that if they are registered as a donor, they go to the hospital, the hospital won't attempt to give them, uh, you know, try and save their lives, uh, if you will and nothing can be further from the truth. Uh, the hospitals aren't aware whether you're a donor or not. We provide them that information when they contact us. Okay. And so just having an open discussion, uh, letting your family know that if you feel that the hospital has done everything to save me at that point in time, please feel uh, enlightened to make that decision or at least be open to having a discussion about it.
0: Okay. And what about the concept of living donation? Like you did in your situation, you were able <clears throat> to live with one kidney. Mm-hmm. How is that different than obviously deciding I'm going to be brain dead and I'm going to make that decision. How is that choice different?
2: Well, living donation is, you know, oftentimes people in our own neighborhoods, our churches, our schools, we interact and come into contact with these persons. And sometimes you're moved uh, knowing you see this person, you see how sick they are and oftentimes individuals, uh, they get up the courage to go and get tested to see if they are eligible to donate and to f- ascertain whether or not they're a match. And so uh, with when it comes to kidneys and liver, one can be a living donor.
0: Okay, now what about if I decide to be the donor but I don't have medical coverage for the surgery to remove what I wanna donate, how does that work?
2: Well, uh, families don't pay anything when it comes that's to organ why donation. Why I said that?
0: <laughs> Not at all.
2: Uh, it's essentially covered through Medicare and Medicaid. Right. And so uh, families, there is no cost at all whatsoever to families when it comes to donation. So I would think
0: that's another thing that people worry about. You might want to be giving, but you don't want to put yourself in a situation where it's tough for you to give the gift. So that's a nice thing that we have set up for people for that. This is true. What is the procedure when you donate a kidney? Maybe you can tell me a little bit about that. Although it was a while ago when you did it, what did you go through?
1: everything under the sun yeah they want to make sure of course that you're completely devoid of any uh, uh, bugs or viruses and uh, they uh, they test you for just about everything that there is to
0: test for to make sure you're safe yeah right that's right what did you feel like the day after you received your new kidney um did well, you feel a difference?
1: It it took a, a couple of days for the uh, new kidney to kick in, actually. So uh, it, it was progressive. Uh, a lot of times uh, when when a person receives a, a new organ, uh, it'll take pretty quickly and they can be out of the hospital in five days or whatever, maybe a little more. In my case, there was a little bit of a complication because I had uh, accepted a, a deceased donor's uh, kidney. And it, t- it took a few more days for it to kick in. Okay. And uh, then, of course, uh, being in, in bed that long period, I had physical therapy and everything. Right. One thing, I, I, if you don't mind, if I, I should mention that donors, uh, if they're living donors, it's, uh, it's microsurgery, it's very, very negligible, the, a tiny scar, at most, that it would leave. Uh, but for the ref- families of deceased, uh, what they're doing for their uh, loved one is really honoring their loved one. Because what their son or daughter or whoever uh, makes that uh, that donation, mm-hmm. it saves another person's life. And that right. person can lead a productive life.
0: Did you still feel like yourself? I think there's some thoughts in folks that maybe you'll feel differently. You didn't like peanut butter before, but now you do because you've got somebody else's kidney. Did you feel different?
1: No, I didn't feel uh, different at all. Once the kidney f- did uh, kick in, I, I actually felt a lot better than I had felt in years.
0: I'm glad to hear that. And what about the religious aspect? A lot of folks maybe are concerned they can't have an open casket or their religious views may not jive with organ donation. Steve, what do you say to that?
2: Uh, That's an excellent question. Uh, Donation does not uh, prevent someone from having an open casket viewing. As a matter of fact, one wouldn't know that someone was a donor unless uh, the family chooses to share that information, with the exception of whatever fum- funeral home or crematorium that the family uses. And obviously, if there's going to be an autopsy, the medical examiner would know that you were a donor. But it doesn't—it doesn't, uh, it doesn't uh, stop someone from having an open casket viewing. Uh, when it comes to the religion aspect, uh, all religions have come out in favor of donation, and those that haven't full-out come out uh, in support, leave it up to the individual to make that decision. A
0: conscious matter of their faith and they can have that conversation with their religious constituents, right? right? So, once I get the organ, can I talk to the person who gave it to me? And does that person want to talk to me?
2: Hmm. Uh, Well, it depends. Uh, Bear in mind that only 5% of donor families and recipient families have the opportunity to meet due to logistics. Uh, and other things, Uh, but there are some things like letter sharing, uh, in some instances picture sharing. Uh, We have an excellent aftercare department. I believe all OPOs do, uh, OPO meaning Organ Procurement Organization. So those aftercare departments work in conjunction with the transplant centers to try and facilitate some sort of correspondence. Uh, Sometimes it does not happen, uh, and I think that most families who make that decision to give realize that, and they're okay with that. You know, it's about the gift. If they can meet those recipients, that would be great, but they understand that it is about the gift in the end.
0: Excellent. What are both of you trying to get the community to know most about organ donation? Steve, you want to answer that?
2: Sure. Uh, just the fact that you know giving is better than receiving because giving starts the receiving process. Right. And it is in, in giving that we receive. And so I'm not one of those who feel that donation is for everyone. Some people may not just be amenable to it. Uh, but it is something to strongly consider because at some point in time when we leave here, uh, what we leave are pictures, objects of affection and memories. And sometimes that's not enough. Uh, Knowing that your loved one went on to give life, which is the greatest gift that could ever be given, uh, in some instances guides families to a place of peace and solace, I'd say.
0: Right, and I have seen some Facebook footage where folks have actually been able to go to a wedding and they get a stethoscope and they can hear the heart of their loved one that's still there. So it's a sense that they're still with us and they're still going on, which can probably give you a sense of hope and peace. And you wanna add to that?
1: Sure. Uh, Especially uh, in in my case where (coughs) I was a a living uh, donor, Uh, what I do wanna stress is that uh, I lived 41 42 years with one single kidney my lifestyle didn't change one bit but i also had that uh, feeling uh, that i had done something uh, good especially since it was my sister
0: right right and i want to talk a little bit about the list process too because i thought once you're on the list it's kind of numeric but it's actually not. So if I sign up or if I need an organ and I'm on that list, how does the procurement work? It doesn't just go by you're the highest need level. There are a lot of factors and that's why there are so many people on the list. Can we speak to that?
2: Well, it's about matching, blood typing, tissue typing, uh, but the gifts truly go to the sickest person, Uh, but you have to be well enough to receive that gift. So in some instances, one may not be in a position in their life where they can receive that gift and they may get passed over so that they can go to someone where there, you know, there's a higher success rate, uh, right. but the gifts truly go to the sickest person. And
0: who would want to be on the committee for figuring out the logistics of figuring out you only have a short window That's right. when an organ is available. This is true. What a tremendous amount of responsibility for the committee that decides where that goes to. Hopefully we get to the place where we have enough organs to go around so that we won't have such an exorbitant yeah. list and people can be better served. Which is why we are
2: here, absolutely. Yes, That's yes.
1: Right. And, and if I might add. Sure. Uh, one uh, advantage of donating, which I never even knew until I ended up going on a list, was if you were a living donor that donated before, if you need uh, an organ, then uh, you go to the uh, top of the list.
0: Well, that's a very interesting concept. So that's a win-win.
1: That's a win-win. I
0: like that. Anything final, gentlemen, you'd like to tell our viewers today, and how can we get in touch if we do want to get involved?
1: Sure. Um, th- there's nothing better in this world than having the opportunity to uh, be in a position where you can save somebody else's life. It's uh, if, if it's from a deceased family member and as a mother or a parent, uh, you allow your uh, deceased uh, uh, son or daughter to donate you you're allowing your son or daughter to live through that person that they donate to and I think it's a a great thing to think positive about
0: that. Right. And it could be more than one life you're saving, actually. When do we have the opportunity to save more than one? One is nice, but when you can donate all of your organs, pretty much. Up to eight lives. Eight people you can give better quality of life to. Steve, anything you'd like to add before we close today?
2: I would. I just, you know, to your viewers, you know, I'd just like to echo the sentiment that grief is very powerful. And so uh, our plight is to try and get in front of families before they make it to the hospital and are put in those circumstances where grief that grief wall is put up because sometimes it's hard to circumvent that wall. And uh, I will leave with this quote that uh, we have two dates. We have a date of birth and we will have a date of death. It's inevitable, father time is undefeated. And when we lose our loved ones, it hurts very much. Uh, But our goal in life, I feel, is to become kind of like a a glass of aged wine. And in order to become a glass of wine, uh, we have to be crushed sometimes. Mm. Thank you.
0: Okay. That was very powerful. I had to think about that. Thank you, gentlemen, so much for being here and for the work that you're doing to save so many people. We do appreciate it. If folks want more information, how can they get a hold of the New England Donor Bank?
2: Uh, Well, they can go to our website, which is www.NEDS.org. And again, I champion everyone to uh, consider registering. If they have interest in that, they can go to www.RegisterMe.org.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. And thank you for watching. If you feel so inclined to get involved, take a look at that information, see if it's a right fit for you. I want to thank you for watching the program and remind you that the next time somebody asks you where's Wilmington, you tell them right here and right here on WCTV. We'll see you next time.